All right, last week we talked about words. We talked about the fact that Mark eleven twenty three 23 and 24, Jesus said you can have what you say. We found out last week that Jesus talked to trees and storms and devils and seas and, 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 and fevers. He talked to all kinds of stuff. And because he did it, it's okay for us to do it. I want to take another turn right now because there is parts of this. Like next week, we're going to talk about talking to money. We're going to talk about the money thing. That's okay. That's next Sunday. We can't do that now. But now this week, to today, I want to talk about the fact that God gave you words as a weapon of warfare. Yeah. And if you do not use them, you will lose by default. Yeah. I'm going to say that again. If you don't learn to use words when you're in a fight... You will lose the battle you're in by default because you chose to be quiet rather than to say something. God used words to make the earth. Everything that you see is made out of words. He gave you the ability to use and form words. Words control the atmosphere around you. Words control the devil. The words control the circumstances of life. You need to learn to use your words rightly and not against you. In the book of Ephesians, I want to start off by reading this. It says, um, finally, verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. You're going to put it on or it's not going to jump on you. That you can stand against the wiles of the devil. For you are not wrestling flesh and blood. Boy, it, if that needs to be just preached. You're not wrestling your spouse. You're not wrestling with your husband. You're not wrestling with your wife. You're really not wrestling with your kids. You're wrestling. You're not wrestling flesh and blood. In other words, you don't have a problem with people. Your, your greatest problem is a spiritual warfare that you're in. We're in, the, the atmosphere around you is impregnated with devils. Does that scare you? It should not. Light is stronger than darkness. If you will walk in the light, you will not have near the problem with the devil that you, that you have been having. We're going to talk about how to do that today. But you're in a war. That means that Satan is raid against you to take you out. Everybody in this room right now, you listen to me. You've got a war at times going on in your head. The greatest battle you'll ever fight is in your head. Every one of you battle it. I'm going to show you how to win it. Boy, that's exciting. I'm going to show you how to win this. And one of the things the devil tells you is that you have a special problem. Nobody else has it. That is a lie. I'm going to tell you Kenneth Copeland has trouble with his head. I'm going to tell you Joyce Myers had trouble with, with her head. I'm going to tell you Jesus Christ had trouble in his head. If they had trouble, you're going to have trouble. Yeah. 
But as long as you know what to do about it, amen. amen. So it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Okay, we don't wrestle flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. As long as you understand that you're in a war, you understand there, that you can win, but you can't pretend there's no war. Yeah. All right. It says, therefore, take the whole armor of God so you're able to stand against the evil day, having done all to stand, stand. It didn't say do some to stand. It said you do all to stand. If you're not going to get ready for the fight, you're going to lose it. It's not hard. I'm going to show you in a minute how easy it is, but you've got to get ready for it. Okay? All right. Now, let me, let me just finish reading this because I, I, I want to go. Stand therefore having gird your waist with truth. You're going to have to find out some truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. you got to figure out what that is. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Take the shield of faith where you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one because they're coming. There's going to be darts and he's going to try to hit you with them. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit, which is the what? The word of God. The Word of God is an, is an offensive weapon. Now, the shield is a defensive weapon. The helmet is defensive. The breastplate's defensive. The sword is offensive. That means that you're going to have to turn to the enemy, and you're going to have to draw the sword, and you're going to have to engage him. It's not going to go away until you do. I'm going to say that again, please, with all of my heart. There are some of you people here, you are so sweet, you're so precious. God loves you, but you're defeated. There's no reason for you to be. I watch you come in defeated, and I watch you go home defeated. There's no reason. You are a child of Almighty God, and there is no reason for you to live on this planet defeated. And I'm going to do everything in my power to help you today. Because I've been here, done that, and bought the t-shirt. Have, do you guys think that I have ever had a fight with the devil? Oh, sweetheart, I have had some fights with the devil. I had a man came to church one time and said, how long did you work on that sermon? I said, 38 years. He said, no, that's not what I meant. I said, it's what I meant. Do you, you, do you think I learned all this? You think I studied this out this week? Hey, shoot, No. This is life. I've been doing this all of my life. This is not a brand new subject for me. All I did was just write down a few scriptures so I didn't get off of base. Okay, are y'all ready? Go, go with me to Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Did you know it's not a sin to be tempted? Come on, I'm helping you. Did you know it's not a sin to be tempted? Did you know that Jesus was tempted? If it's a sin to be tempted, then Jesus couldn't have died on the cross for you. See, the last time you got tempted, the devil said, See there, if you were really a Christian, you wouldn't be going through that temptation right there. You say, listen, Leroy, I might be going through a temptation, but it ain't coming out of me. Did you understand that you, can't, you, can't, you can be tempted to fear, but fear is not coming out of you? Did you know you can be tempted to lust, but lust didn't come out of you? Because you're a new creation. You're a new species. You're brand new. You're brand new on the inside. You don't have the ability to do that. 
You can act on it if you want to, but it's not coming out of you. Boy, when you start learning the truth and you start learning to deal with this punk. Okay, Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus, being filled with the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted 40 days by the devil. Why did he do that? Because it's going to happen anyway. When you get born again, you are going to have your day with the devil. Now, don't be scared. Now, right after I got born again, I mean, I didn't know anything. I knew nothing about God or the Bible. My mother drags me off to a woman's house called Mamie Shackerford, and she's a prophet. And I went over there. I'm sitting there like a good little boy. My mom was leading me around. You know, I understand. I'm only 22 years of age. And she set me down, and this woman starts prophesying over me. Well, I didn't have any idea what she's doing. And my mother said, shut up. She's prophesying. I said, what's prophesying? And she said this. She said, and now she, this is the Lord talking to me out of this woman. Son, there's coming a day. When you wake up in the morning, every devil in hell is going to say he's awake again. It scared the spit out of me. I said, I don't want no devil to know where I live. I don't want no devil even be around me anywhere. I don't want nothing to do with the devil. And I left there and I said, Mama, I don't want nothing to do with the devil. She said, that was the Lord talking to you. I said, well, I don't want to know all that. And the devil just stay on his side of the street and I stay on mine. We won't buy, I won't bother him. He don't bother me. But it's true today. I woke I up this morning every devil in the pocket and went, uh-oh, he's awake again. I got news for you. When you woke up this morning, he hollered, uh-oh, she's awake again. And he said it when you woke up. He said, uh-oh, he's awake again. Say he said it about me too, hallelujah. Boy, the devil is afraid of you. And the devil is afraid that you'll ever get on the truth of the word of God. Because if you do, you cannot be defeated. Greater is he that is on the inside of you than all of the devils of hell. And, buddy, he, he's afraid when you find it out. Yes. Yes. Say, I found it out. All right, so Jesus is being tempted by the devil, and it says the devil said. Let me ask you a question, and I'm not asking if the devil ever came in your house and sat down in a rocking chair. I'm just asking, has he ever said anything to you? Everybody in this room has had the devil talk. Ever talk to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How about you, Sue? He ever talk to you? There's nothing wrong with that. He talked to Jesus. The key here is that Satan didn't have the last word. If you're going to fight with the devil, it's going to be a war of words. When the devil said, Jesus said. And the devil said, and Jesus said. And the devil said, and Jesus said. And it says the devil left him alone. Because after a while he found out, I'm not taking this guy down. I said some things, and all he did was say the word back to me. A lady came in the office one day, and she said, I resisted the devil. He didn't flee from me. All I have told him to leave, and he didn't leave either. Uh, let me tell you something. You terrorize him with the word of God, he'll leave. As a matter of fact, sometimes I don't want him to leave. Sit down there, shut up, and let me read a Bible to you, boy. 
I'm worried about whether he leaves. I'm concerned about the fact that, that he says things and I don't know the answer to it. What drives me into the word of God? Finding out the truth. So Jesus said, the devil said, Jesus said, the devil said. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, your adversary. Who? The devil. The devil. Walks around like a roaring lion, seeing if he can find somebody to devour. That means he's not able to take everybody down. He's not able to take everyone down, Shirley. He can't take it. He knows the houses of the people where he's been bloodied up. Amen. Praise God. Now, I'm going to tell you all a story right now. It's, I'm going to tell you about the fights I won. I'm not going to tell you about the fights I lost. I wouldn't dare as a man tell you about it. I got beat up. But anyway, when I was a boy growing up, I had a friend named Tommy Johnson. Tommy Johnson was a skinny little kid, couldn't defend himself. And then we had another friend named Tommy Hallman. Tommy Hallman jumped on Tommy Johnson on the school bus. And I drugged Tommy Hallman off. I said, you get off him and leave him alone. And so he turned around and said, I'll meet you at the Y. I said, I'll meet you down at the Y too. Let's go, Bubba. So one thing Tommy forgot is that he wore braces. Do you know what your mouth looks like when someone's popped you and you have braces? Looks like someone put your mouth in a hamburger grinder. So me and Tommy Hallman went down to the Y and he said, I'm going to take you. I said, I'm going to. We got in a fight. Now, I'm going to say something else now. and Y'all may want to take this off the tape. It's what boys do. It, don't be afraid to take your boy to karate class. The teacher's not always there. If you don't want to get beat up, learn to fight. That doesn't mean that you've raised bad kids. I told my kids growing up, I said, if I ever find out you started a fight, you're going to fight with me when you get home, and I'm going to tan your hide. But if I find out if you got in a fight at school and someone else started it, I'll take you out for steak dinner. So I got called to the principal's office one time on Josh. Some boy was trying to mess with him. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And Josh decked him. And I hadn't been called to the principal's office in a long time. <laughs> and so I called Josh in there and I said, what happened? He said, Dad, he was trying to mess with me. I said, what'd you do? He says, I popped him. I said, good boy. Teacher learned, looked at me and said, I don't approve of fighting. I said, I don't either. I said, where were you? I said, sweetheart, you're not there. See, once you pop someone in the mouth, they'll leave you alone. Come on, y'all. I mean, I mean, I'm, this is church, okay? You knew, you knew I was a former redneck when you came in here. So listen, you just calm down a little bit. When there's a bully in school and you make his mouth look like hamburger, 
He's not going to keep jumping on you. You see, if you're getting tired of the devil, you might want to turn around and make hamburger out of his mouth. When you get tired enough of it, you might want to turn around and pop him a few times. And when you do, he's going to remember you. That's that guy over there in a pop car. He done whooped me five times. I ain't going back over there and mess with him. They're going to look for somebody else, but they ain't coming to my house. Come in my house. I'll pop you in the mouth again. I whipped you once. The devil has an ego. If you're going to cower, well, he's going to sleep on your couch. This is good preaching. I don't, I don't know which sermon I like better, the Memorial Day one or the devil one. Maybe they're both pretty good. It ain't often you get two sermons for the price of one offering, I'll tell you right now. First Peter chapter 5, turn over there. Now, I, I'm not a, I, I don't believe in bullies. I don't want no bullies. You know, when your kids learn to fight, well, they're not going to grow up fighting. Not if you raised them right. But they're also not going to grow up afraid. When you know you can whoop somebody, you just, you just calmer. Someone said one time they're going to whoop me. I went, that's been tried before. And if, now my brother who did whoop me once. I told you I wasn't going to tell him. But I'm going to tell about the time he whipped me. Once. Once. And he went to sleep on the couch. I used to have this little short baseball bat. And about that big, you know, you go to the ball game. And they used to give out baseball bats for kids. Now they're afraid you'll hit each other with them. They're outlawing them in England. And Ronnie was asleep. I snuck in the living room and wailed the mud out of him. I ran too, boy. He said, if he found me, he's going to kill me. And on the way out, I said, you'll sleep again. Never, never beat me up again. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? Now, I'm not. Well, we went to church today and learned how to beat people up, by God. When that, that's church. They don't just roll in the floor and fall down and speak in tongues. They fight. <laughs> well, the Bible says fight the good fight of faith. Listen, you're in a fight whether you like it or not. Okay, you just can't roll up in a ball and go, I just with the devil, leave me alone. Well, he's got you where he wants you. It says, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, walk around like a Lord and seeking him. Resist him in the faith, knowing the same sufferings are experienced by your brother. What you're going through, everybody's going through it. You don't have a special problem. And you just don't know what I'm going through. Yeah, we do. Uh, well, listen, we all know what you're going through. What world do you think I live in? The same one you live in. That's good to know. Because the devil will lie to you and tell you, no, nah, you got a special problem. <laughs> no, you don't. I, you, want, you want to match bad days? I can trump yours. 
and we'll all get a beer and get drunk together. Just pour me, hallelujah. All right, well, we're not going to do that either. <laughs> Go to Revelation chapter 12, and let's get on with this sermonette. Twelve seven. War broke out in heaven. Michael and the angels fought with the dragon. The dragon with the angels fought, and they did not prevail, nor was a place found them in heaven any longer. This has already happened, guys. This is not future. This has happened. This happened when Jesus died and rose from the dead. You remember in the Old Testament, Job went before God, and he made an accusation against Job. That has not happened since Jesus rose from the dead. Whenever Jesus rose, Satan was thrown out of heaven, and God hadn't talked to that punk since. And he's not going to say anything else to him until he throws him in the lake of fire. But in the meantime, in the meantime, in the meantime, back at the ranch, he's here. Though defeated, he's here. And we're going to have to deal with him and say it ain't all that big a deal. So the great dragon was cast out, the servant of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast on the earth, his angels were cast with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation, strength, and the kingdom of God and the power of Christ have come. That happened when Jesus rose from the dead. That's not future. For the accuser of the brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. But they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and did not love their lives unto death. The accuser of what? The brethren. Here's the issue that you're faced with every day. Number one, there are accusations being thrown at your soul by the devil. He is talking to you every day about what a sorry, good-for-nothing, low-down dog you are. You have no faith. You will never make it. If you think God is for you, then why did that bad thing happen to you last week? Do you think God even cares about you? God loves everybody, but he don't even like you. Am I the only person in here who never heard this? Maybe I'm the only one in here. What are you doing about those voices? Because they're coming and they're designed to take you out. Those voices are designed to take you out. You're either going to do something about it or you're going down. I'm going to read something out of a book right here. and please, please bear with me. Now listen to what I'm about to read. This, this little piece of literature has literally set me free. I, I have had times in my life when I would get on a treadmill to become better and better and better. And the problem is I've never arrived. Come on, y'all. You, 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 everybody in this church who loves God is trying their hardest to be the best Christian you will be. The problem with us is that we never get there. And then, then we beat ourselves up and the devil beats us up. That's probably, what I just said right now, one of the most liberating things you'll ever hear in your life. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read to you. Lisa, forgive me. You're just going to listen. It's not the first time you ever listened to me. Amen. This woman is, is awesome. That she, how many years have we been married? A lot. A lot. 32. Huh? 32. 32 years. 
I always count the dating as marriage. That's why I don't know how many years we've been married. I mean, I've been married to her a lot longer than she has me. <laughs> I married her the day I kissed her. I said, this is it. We're married, you know. It just took her two years to figure that out. So, yeah, you had the same problem here. Okay. The believer has now accepted the place of exaltation with the Lord. There has opened for him a life of holiness in the presence of God and a watchfulness in the presence of the enemy in a deeper sense than he has ever known before. His first lesson will be personal. He must learn the significance of the term Satan or adversary and come to understand why one of his titles is the accuser of the brethren. Revelation 12.10, just like Joshua and Zechariah 3.1, when he came to stand before the angel of Jehovah, found Satan standing at the right hand to be his adversary. So will the spiritually energetic child of God. He will encounter a constant stream of accusations in his own heart. These will trouble him until he discovers that the purpose of the enemy is to turn him in upon himself and create a consciousness of personal unworthiness and draw him down from a place of perfect faith. That's powerful, guys. You know, for years, the devil would tell me and he'd say, this is the Lord. And yet, yet the Bible says... There is no condemnation to those that are in Christ. So it is not God condemning you. But yet the devil will tell you that. And he's constantly displeased with you. You don't measure up. That's where the blood comes from. Okay, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Are you all okay with this? Let me finish reading this. This is powerful. He learns to overcome him by the blood of the lamb. This is to say, he presents the blood as the only answer to these accusations. He speedily learns a further use of the divine provision. The blood represents not only the cleansing from guilt and sin, but the witness of an overwhelming victory gained at Calvary. By virtue, the Lord is now seated on high. Once this is grasped, the believer sees that he does not have to fight against the foe. He only has to hold over him an already accomplished triumph over authority in which he shares in full. What does that mean? When the devil comes, now I'm going to tell another story here, so y'all hold on. Billy Graham told this story years ago. There was a father and a son that went on a hiking trip up into the mountains. And they left and went off for days. And they got up there and they were camping. But the forest got on fire. And, the, and, and there was a, I mean, a forest fire broke out. I mean massive. Just hundreds of thousands of acres were burning. And it was coming toward the dad and his son. And his dad and his son said, there's a fire coming and we've got to get out of here. And so they took off, and they ran, and they moved, and they ran as far as they could. And after a while, they realized, we're not going to outrun the fire. We can't do it. So the dad pulled out matches or a lighter, and he lit, he lit the woods around him, the, the pine straw and the brush, and he started a fire. And the wind picked that fire up and blew it, and in front of them burned about 100-plus acres of land. 
And as the other fire from the, was coming down upon them, he said, son, let's go get in the center of this burned out land because judgment cannot fall twice in the same place. Once you have burned the land, the fire cannot burn it again. Now listen to me. Once God has poured judgment on Jesus, you get in the middle of Jesus, judgment cannot come on you ever again. Now, once you know this, once you know, see, Satan, Satan uses the fact that you do not know that. When you say, I overcome by the blood, you plead the blood. You can't say not guilty because you're guilty. You can't say innocent because you're not innocent. So how do you plead before the judge of the universe? You go before the judge and you say, I plead the blood. The Jesus bore it all. God cannot judge your sin twice. It's already been judged in Jesus, and you and I will never come up under judgment again. Go to Romans 8. I'm going to show you this in the Bible. Come on, y'all. This, come on. This, you have no idea how liberating this is. When I first heard this, I was at Ramah, and, and Bobby Andean was preaching this, and I went to church the next Sunday, and this was not a church where people danced in the Holy Ghost, and this was not a church where people shouted and hollered, and, but I was sitting in the second seat uh, right there about where Isaac's sitting, and, and, and I couldn't get off that sermon off of my mind, how that the, all the judgment is falling on Jesus, and I'm never coming under judgment again, and all the, there's no condemnation, and I'm sitting in church, and they're worshiping God, and I'm worshiping God, and I said, God, I want to dance. I just want to dance so bad. He said, dance. I got up out of my chair and stood out there and just danced in the Holy Ghost. And the preacher's wife had to get up and explain to everybody what I was doing. Because this wasn't a dance in church, but I couldn't sit in a chair any longer knowing what I just learned. I went, are you serious? It's not up to me. It's not something I, I'm not trying to be a better Christian. I've already arrived. Hallelujah. I mean, my God, I got out and just, whoa, Jesus, glory to God. And everybody's like, Apparently, they didn't have my revelation, but I had a revelation. Amen. <laughs> You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Listen to Romans 8. What can I say to these things? If God is for me, who can be against me? He didn't spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give me all things? Who's going to bring a charge against God's elect? That's you. Who's bringing a charge against you, Tim? It isn't God. Nope. It isn't God, brother. Nope. Nope. Amen. Who's accusing you? It isn't God. The guy accusing you doesn't have the right to do it. Amen. So listen, if you don't learn to speak to him, you'll, learn, you'll lose by default. That means that when he comes along and says something, you need to read Romans 8 to him. Well, you know, you're not going to make it. I've already made it. Well, you'll never be the Christian. I'm completing him. Amen. Well, you know, God doesn't even like you. Well, it doesn't matter. He loves me. Amen. And Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Well, you know what the doctor said. I, don't, I know what the doctor said, but I also know what Jesus said. Listen, if you and the devil's talking to you, you have to talk back. I know your mama told you don't ever talk back to her. Don't talk back to your mama. But it's okay to talk back to the devil. Amen. I got to tell you all a story. When I was living in Athens, Georgia, uh, I, 
I, I worked at Certainty, that fiberglass plant, and I, and I was working on the docks loading the, the boxcars. Now, the boxcars came to the back, and the trucks were the, at the front, and, and, and the front of the factory is where all the lights are. And there is not very many lights in the back, but one light hanging back there. And the fog would come in, and it was eerie looking back there. I mean, eerie. And I'm back there loading the boxcar, and I think I'm alone. And the devil starts harassing me. And I'm giving him what for? I'm in the boxcar, and he's talking to me, and I'm talking back. And I said, Satan, and I'm talking to the devil. And I come out, and there's this poor, poor young black boy sitting on a forklift. And his eyes are about that big around. <laughs> and he's looking at me, and he said, who's in that boxcar with you? I said, I was talking to the devil. He said, well, I'm going to leave you in the devil back here. I'm getting out of here. And he got on his forklift, and he left. You know, the world's not accustomed to hearing you talk to the devil, especially 4 o'clock in the morning in a boxcar. But I had to learn if I'm going to win this fight, I'm going to have to talk to this sucker. That's right. That's right. You start jumping on my head, I'm going to talk back. That's right. All right. <laughs> okay, go to 1 Samuel. I'm going to try to close. Yeah, I, I, listen, it would be a blessing if I didn't get you to the restaurant on time. They're packed. You didn't like that a bit, and they didn't like a thing I just said. First Samuel, and I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've heard the story of David and Goliath. And we've heard this thing a hundred times, but we're going to hear it a hundred and one. And I want to show you something in your Bible. I'm going to show you how David defeated him. You say, I thought he defeated him with a sling and a stone. Well, kind of. Both. The Philistines, verse 1, were gathered in their armies together at the battle, which was gathered at Sokoth, which belonged to Judah. And then camped between Sokoth and Eskah and, and Ephus Damon. And the soul, Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and they encamped in the valley of Elah. And they drew up in battle array against the Philistines. Verse 11. When Saul and all Israel heard the words of the Philistine, that would be Goliath, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Listen, when Satan's coming at you and talking to you, the point is to make you afraid. It is to get you in fear. That's the design of him talking. He's using words in your soul in trying to get you to think about that. All right, now let's go on with this. David, anyway, uh, bringing some cheese and bologna down to his brothers. I don't think about the bologna, but the cheese probably. And in, and in verse 22, it says, David left the supplies in the hand of the keeper. And he came and agreed his brothers. And as he talked with them, the champion, the Philistines of Gath, Goliath by name, came from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according the same words. And David heard them. And the men of Israel, when they saw the man fled from him, were dreadfully afraid. Now, keep your place there. And, and I want you to pop 2 Corinthians 4.13 on the screen. Please, just pop it up there. I want to show you something. Just because the devil's talking, there are two groups of people on the planet. There are those who get in fear when he talks, and there are those who get in faith when he talks. Now look at this. Since we have the same spirit of faith, you have the same faith. Did you know in Ephesians it says you're saved by grace through faith, not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. The word gift of God is pointing back to the word faith. He gave you the faith of God. The same faith he used to create the universe, he gave that to you when you got born again. That's how you got saved with, with faith-filled words. And that you still have that ability. 
So since we have the same spirit of faith according to what was written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Did you know that everybody's talking? You're either talking fear or you're talking faith. You're either talking what the devil said or you're talking what God said. Don't sit back and say, well, I just don't believe. I just don't believe what God said. Well, then you believe what the devil said, and it takes faith to do that. Why, Why would you believe the devil? When you're talking trash, you're believing something you can't see. You know, I can't believe in what I can't see. Well, you're believing, you're believing in fear what you can't see. False fear is false evidence appearing real. All right, now David's fixing to talk. Let's come back to David now. So, uh, verse 25. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who came up? Surely he's come to defy Israel. And what will it be, the man who kills him? Saul's going to give him his daughter. Th- that's why David did it. Well, we try to spiritualize everything. He says, I get the girl? And, the ta- and I, my parents don't have to pay taxes? But I get the girl? I'll, I'll fight him. It, when you start dating, you might have to fight some guys. Now, now, I ain't talking about the way I was talking about Tommy Holman. That's not the way you fight for a girl. It's just the way you fight when you're dealing with your bad, bad, bad ex-friends. All right. Nom, 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 nom. The people answered him in this matter and said, so shall it be the man who kills him. Eliab, his older brother, heard him speak to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why, he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. I know that you're one of those name it, claim it, blab it, grab it people. Now let me tell you this right now, and I'm going to try to move on. You walk out of here believing what I'm preaching, you're going to be accused of being arrogant. Get ready for it. They're going to accuse you of being arrogant. Who are you to tell God what to do? We're not telling God what to do. He's the one that said it. And it's going to appear, boldness is going to appear, you are, just who do you think you are? I've had people ask me, Tony, who do you think you are? I say, Jesus' brother. Well, who told you that? My father. And they don't understand that kind of talk. If they read their Bible, they'd understand it. But I'm going to tell you this. You're going to catch it, and and it'll it'll usually come from people in your own house. Who 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 do you think you are? I'll never get sick. I said, well, I'll never die either. Oh, you will to die. Everybody dies. I won't. I was already died. I was crucified with Jesus on the cross. Oh, that was Jesus. Well, that's who I am. Oh, well, you just, you, you believe this stuff and then you get in a conversation with your family member. It, they will, they will lose it. Uh, my, I didn't say my body wasn't going to die. I said, I'm not going to die. I'm a spirit. Oh, oh, 
Ask me how I know this. I actually, I actually enjoy it. I like a good fight. Look at verse 29. And David what? David said, David's fixing to start talking. There's a battle going on, and this battle is going to be won or lost by what David says. The battle you're in right now is won or lost. I don't know where I got these hiccups. By what you say when you're in the heat of the battle. And David said, Verse 31, and when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported unto Saul. Verse 32, David said to Saul. Verse 33, Saul said to David. 34, David said to Saul. This is the battle. And then in verse 37, moreover, David said, the Lord deliver me from the paw of the lion, and he's going to deliver me again. And in verse 39, it says he fastened his sword, and David said, so we come down to verse 42, and the Philistine looked about and he saw David disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. That means he didn't have pimples yet. That's what ruddy means. He ain't got no pimples. He's got a, he's got a baby face. And the Philistine said to David, am I a dog? Verse 44, the Philistine said to David, come to me. And David said to the Philistine. Look, now I'm going to read this. You came to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. I have come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the God of the armies of Israel. This day, I'm going to deliver you. He will deliver you in my hand. I will strike you. I will cut your head off, and I will spit in the hole. What kind of talk is that? Listen. There is, a, there is a war going on here, and they hadn't started the fight yet. But, but he's winning this fight because of what he's willing to say. Listen, listen if I could just get you to see this. The, what you're dealing with in life is not what you're dealing with. You're, the, the battle is in your mouth. You win or lose this battle based on what you have to say about this. If God is for me, who can be against me? If God is on my side, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The prayers of a man in right standing with God makes tremendous power available. Jesus said, I can have what I said. He said that you are a defeated foe. He said that you've been stripped of all authority. He said you have given me the name that is above every name. He said that I've been made the righteousness of God. Who in the world do you think you are to give me a doctor's report and tell me these things? And who are you to say, my children will not serve the Lord? Who are you to say? I'm going to tell you something right now. This is where the battle is won. When you start doing this, and you might need to do it alone at first. But, and I'm telling you, I, I've, I've done this in front of people, and it, it don't come out too good. When they watch you, they kind of, oh, that guy's losing, he's, he's flipping on us. Poor lady one time that lit, we were building the log cabin, and I was in a battle with the devil again. And, of course, there's no windows in the log cabin. I didn't know she was standing outside. 
and I'm walking around praying in tongues and going, oh, you foul thing, you liar, you shut up. You're the father of lies, and I ain't put up with you anymore in Jesus' name. There is no judgment on me. There's no condemnation on me. I don't know. You know I mean, I'm just giving the devil up, up the country because he's talking to my head. And I Listen, I'm going to drown out what he's saying, so I'm going to get loud. And I came up to the window, and there's a poor old woman from next doors looking up at the thing, and she went, hi. And I said, hello. She goes, bye. And she left. <laughs> I thought, okay. That's the last time I ever saw that neighbor again. They never came back. That man is crazy. He over there talking to the devil. Verse 47, all this assembly will know that the Lord does not save with a sword and a spear. The battle is the Lord, and he's going to give you into my hands. Hallelujah. I did pretty good. I want to lead you guys in some things every Sunday morning. We're going to say some stuff. I want you to get in the habit of saying some things. I want you to remember this, though. When I read, I, I read a while ago out of the authority of the believer. You're not in a fight with him. He's already defeated. The fight you're in is a fight of words. You're resting on a finished work of Jesus. Just remember the story about the father that got in the middle of the burned out patch because judgment can't fall twice. You need to say that. You need to say who you are. You need to talk to the devil and tell him this is what the word of God says. Now, your body and your mind will disagree with you, but it doesn't matter. You don't have another alternative here. Either the word works or it don't work. You might as well just go ahead and just get on it and stay on the, get in the middle of this thing. We're too silent. Now, I'm not talking about where you and I walk around arguing and fighting with the devil all the time. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about at the times that there's a war going on in your head and you're sitting around going, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to encourage you now. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Get you some scriptures out. How many rocks did David have? Five. Five smooth stones. You don't need 500 scriptures. Two or three will work. I'm saying that because I want to help you with something. You don't need to know all the Bible to defeat, to defeat the devil. I have given you enough scripture today. Revelation chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 8, and 1 Peter chapter 5. That's three rocks. You can take him out with that. Now I want you to say this with me. Say, say Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that Jesus Christ paid my debt there is therefore now no condemnation on me there is no guilt on me my judgment has been paid I'm not guilty I stand before you father and I plead the blood because of the blood there's no judgment allowed on me now devil I'm talking to you now I've got authority over all the work of the enemy and no weapon formed against me will prosper 
I am an overcomer, and I overcome you in every fight by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. This is my word. This is my testimony. I'm an overcomer. I'm blessed of God. I am redeemed, and you are no authority in my life. You cannot kill me. You cannot keep me sick. You cannot keep me down. You cannot drag my family to hell because I said so. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Norval, somebody gave up the Norville Hayes one time and they said, Norville, do you still preach that there's a devil under every bush? He said, no, I don't preach that anymore. He said, well, what do you preach? He said, I preach there's five devils under every bush. I'm not, I don't want you to be devil conscious. I want you to be God conscious. But I do want you, I do want you, whenever the war starts, folks, it's, it comes. I wished it didn't. I wished I could be there to hold your hand, but I'm not. When the accusations hit you, you're no good. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. Nobody cares about you anyway. Certainly not God. You've got to say something. You can't sit there and just try to get over being depressed. I'm sorry. Listen, every one of us go through it. But some of us have learned. I got something I'm going to say. And I'm going to tell you something. Opening my mouth. The joy of the Lord. I mean, I would start talking. If I didn't know what to say, I'd pray in tongues until I did get something to say. And I'm going to tell you something. My joy always returns. I always, always get so drunk in the Holy Ghost, I go, "Woo, glory to be to God. I wish I could tell you that while you're living on this earth, you will never have a problem again. I can't tell you that. It'd be a lie. But I can tell you this. You'll overcome him. You'll live victorious. If you'll just remember, we overcome him by the blood and my words. It's very easy to do this. But you got to do it. Amen. Lisa, take this thing, girl. Happy Memorial Day, everyone. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.